NBA podcast featuring Jamie, Mike, and Steve. And we are live here on the Nothing But Net podcast. I am your host, S. Dot. We do not have Mike with us today, Jamie, because uh, I think he's a little concerned about uh, Purdue, and he, you know, he doesn't want to show his face after his prediction loss to a 16 seed. What do you think, Jamie? Uh, yeah, could be that. Could be the Blue Devils. Um, rough, rough weekend for the boy. Hopefully, he enjoyed uh, going to the high school Final Four a little bit better than watching his uh, Blue Devils last night for sure. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it didn't spoil the trip any. Um, crazy week in basketball. It's just one of the best weeks for ba- or best months for basketball. It's March, obviously March Madness going on. There's a lot of people that have their attention that way, especially with stories like Fairly Dickinson. Um, who who beat per- Princeton? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Princeton's going to the Sweet 16. We know already. So obviously a crazy weekend for that. We also had a couple crazy upsets in the NBA, Jamie. But at, when as we transition here to the NBA. Um, the lead story of any NBA podcast show, anything right now has to be around the Philadelphia 76ers who have won eight straight games. Jamie, they have moved to second in the East. They're tied for second, but I believe they hold the tiebreaker over the Celtics could be wrong about that. But, um, the crazy story of the week to me, Joel Embiid has now moved as the betting favorite to win MVP. Jamie, what are your thoughts on Joel Embiid? now in position to win his first MVP with about 12 to 13 games left to go. I'm here for it, man. I'm happy for him. Uh, He's stayed consistent. Um, The 76ers are easily the hottest team since the All-Star break. Um, I believe they've had a couple eight-game winning streaks in the last uh, month and a half or so. Um, Yeah, and the more they win, the, the better it is for his chances of winning MVP. Um, he's heard all this talk all year about Joker back to back to back and him being in second place, uh, us saying that included because that just seemed like that was inevitable, but now he's, um, you know, uh, cemented himself as a favorite and I'm happy for him. And I think it's better for the NBA, honestly. Do you agree with it though? Like, do you think Joel Embiid should be the MVP of the NBA? Uh, at this point in time, yes. Um, to me, it has a lot to do with winning and as good as Denver has been, um, they're starting to take a little step back here, although still first in the West. And I don't think that'll change. Um, you know, I believe we mentioned that the Sixer Joel would have a really good shot if he could get, you know, one or two in the East and it's looking like they might be able to lock up that two seed with, um, Boston, uh, struggling as of late. Yeah, the Joel Embiid story is crazy. I mean, he's just been so damn good. He's averaging thirty-three and a half points per game, which leads the league. It's gonna, it's it, online to be his second scoring title, where he's averaging ten boards a game. Um, I we've just seen Joel Embiid and James Harden really come into their own as a duo. Um, Joel Embiid's playing crazy well, but. I think James Harden sometimes gets underlined to are kind of like left out of how well he's been playing. And he's obviously a critical part to that. Jamie, I have a question for you. 
is James Harden facing the most pressure to win three or four series in the playoffs this season with just how good the Philadelphia 76ers have came together? Because now it kind of feels like in the right series, this team with home court could win a seven-game series against the Bucks or the Celtics, in my opinion. Um, you know, this is this is a tough one for me. Um, we know his um, his playoff lulls in his career, but we also know that CP3 is dealing with pretty much the same situation. Um, and even his teammate, Joel Embiid, the Joker, they all have a lot of pressure on them. And the only reason I'd say no is because although Harden is as important to me as anybody on any team, um, he's not the franchise centerpiece to me. So I don't think he gets as much pressure as, let's say, a, a Joel Embiid or a Joker. Yeah, the only thing is is he has asked to be traded twice, right? So he's kind of set himself up to be mm-hmm. in these spots to win. He's came up short when he had Chris Paul as his teammate. He went to a seven-game series. Did he go to seven games both years against the Warriors? Uh, I think people forget, like, James Harden had the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors on the ropes. Um, but like you said, it's just a different role for him. Um, but I think there's a lot of pressure here because, like, James Harden, in my opinion, can be a top five shooting guard all time. But I think he needs the ring, right? Like when we're talking these top five shooting guards all time, James Harden's going to have a ton of stats. He's going to have crazy good numbers um, because of the style that he played, which is a lot different than most of these other shooting guards. But with that being said, if James Harden wins a ring as the second best player on a team, I think that goes a long way for his legacy. Like I think James Harden needs to do something in the playoffs um, or we're going to kind of be sitting here looking back like this was just kind of Carl Malone, uh, stat patter, uh, never was a serious team. Yeah, I like that comparison. Um, the only thing I'd say is I don't know what position he is. I mean, he's That's more. Fair. That is fair. You know, it's we're at the point, and even like across the NBA, it's it's a positionless um, league now. I mean, look at LeBron. What what position would you have LeBron at? You know what I mean? He's at times the best point guard in the league. At times the best four, three. It's it's very tough for me, but um, he's gonna have the stats. The stats are gonna be there, but he needs that ring. And I mean. He may need even more than one if you want to talk about top five um, out of position to me. Because, um, I mean, if we we're just talking twos here, um, every other person in that top five probably has one or two, I'd say. So I think he needs a ring. Yeah, definitely. I definitely do. Uh, just to solidify averaging 36 points per game, because that's a that's an eye-popping number. Um to where like people are going to kind of look back and we're going to remember like that's the year he shot a ton of free throws per game. I believe his number was like 14 per game or something. It was ridiculous, but you know, he had the NBA kind of in that spot where they had to change the rules because of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, yep. Philly, I, I think this is, they're going to, this is their best shot. I think this is Philly's probably last run to do something. And I think, I think they're very capable of doing it. I really am. Um, I think, they have cemented themselves with the top three. And I think any one of these top three in the East can uh, come out of the East. And I just want people to know that I really think Philly's there. And like, if we are picking again, I pick Philly in the preseason. I'm not so, I, I don't hate that right now. I really don't. 
Yeah, like you said, any any three of those top teams in the East have a legitimate shot. It's about, you know, catching catching one of them on an off night or playing your best ball at the right time. But if Philly continues the dominance of late, I think they them and the Bucks have to be um the easy favorite to me. And which is last crazy night. because we just talked about the Celtics being the easy favorite a couple of weeks ago and now that seems like it's imploding. So, <laughs> and the, NBA, only, and the NBA, yeah, they are imploding. And that's something we're going to roll into right here, Jamie. It's a perfect segue here. Um, the Boston Celtics, man, two bad losses this week. They lost to the Rockets by two. The Utah loss, I guess, isn't as bad. But when we're talking about the Boston Celtics and the Utah Jazz, that's a bad loss. Um, and they're and they're coming off, and this is coming off a week where they blew three double digit leads. Jamie, moving down to third in the East, we are talking about historical offense. We are talking about Joe Missoula is just as good, maybe better than Ime Udoka. I think we have to like hit the e break and really figure out what's going on with the Celtics team. I have concerns now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard not to be concerned. You give up double-digit leads in three straight and then continue um, losing two more. It's just, a, you know, the thing with the Celtics, and I don't know if this is just, you know, this is obviously just my take on it. kind of seems like they're kind of coasting right now and just trying to get to the playoffs and maybe um, being able to take another step. But the more they start coasting, man, the farther they're going to drop down in that east. And I don't think you want to be a three seed um, playing um, one of the one of the two play-in teams. I can't. I don't know what it is exactly at the moment, but they definitely it's concerning. And if you're a Celtics fan, you are concerned. And I've talked to a few, um, especially as of late. And it's it's kind of a mixed mixed bag, so to speak. Like, um, yeah, maybe they are just coasting. But also they're losing to not great teams, so it's it's a it's a tough spot to be in right now. And it's wild because in the last five games, the offensive efficiency number and the defensive efficiency numbers line up to where they're at on the season. I mean, top five offense, um, middle of the pack defense, kind of where they sat all year. So it's just weird to me that something's broken right now, and whatever's broken right now. Um, needs to get fixed. I think a lot of people forget that the Bucks rested against the Celtics last one of the last games of the year. The Celtics won. That came down to a seventh game that was played in Boston. Those things heavily influence um, a series. Game sevens, home or away, I, I, the numbers are ridiculous. I, I think the home, home team wins 75% of the time, Jamie. So, Boston has to figure this out. You don't want to have to go to Philly for a game seven. I, I don't know. I, the Joe Missoula thing, like everyone's like really locked up the brakes on Joe Missoula because I thought everyone was saying he was for sure the coach of the year and we didn't need Ime Udoka no more. That can't be the feelings no more. I mean, they have already made that move, but you have to wonder, like there's got to be like some, oh shit, like this happened the opposite way with Ime. Ime was really bad to start the year, but then yep. had the best team in basketball after that. This year they were the best team in basketball before the break, and now they've been five and five in their last ten. Yeah, I, I mean, when it happened, I thought the the whole Joe, Joe Mazzulla extension was a little bit premature. I mean, he's got he came into probably the best situation you can come into in the NBA, 
um, with Ime uh, getting suspended. And, I mean, yeah, they were the number one team all year, but it doesn't matter what your regular season numbers look like. It's about what happens in the postseason, and we just haven't seen that. Um, so, I mean, it's all – it's we're going to find out here soon. And like you said, if – I don't know what the numbers are for Game 7s, um, home and away, but it's got to be substantial. I know you said 75%. It's probably around that. It's just that is a make-or-miss situation, and you can't be away in Game 7s. Absolutely. I mean, do we think Grant Williams goes to Milwaukee and hits all those threes that he hits in Game 3? I mean, he very well could. He's a cap- He's obviously capable of doing that, but um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Boston but, is... Oh, go ahead. Boston, I mean, they live and die by the three. As as good as Tatum and Brown are scorers, as good as they are as a duo, they live and die by that three-point shot. And when it's on, they look like one of the best offenses we've ever seen in when it's not on, they can lose to the Rockets and give up a 24-point lead. It's it's all about the three ball for them, and I, it's it works when it works, and it doesn't when it doesn't. I mean, and defensively, it doesn't help. Oh that yeah, they they have seemed to have taken a big step back, honestly, since Marcus Smart was, got back, which I don't really understand. Well, I think that was just inevitable, though, right? Because at the end of the day, like, Derek White, dude, Derek White was playing some, like, holy cow basketball. Like, I didn't know if they should have just started Marcus Smart like they did. I don't think I like that. He was Eastern Conference Player of the Year, uh, Player of the Year, Player of the Week, um, <laughs> when all those injuries happened. When Brown wasn't playing, Tatum, I think, was out a couple games or maybe even one. But this guy was playing unreal basketball. The during that week. Almost yep. beat the Bucks that week with Giannis. Yeah, no, absolutely incredible. The Boston Celtics were on pace for that, you know, this historic offense that we've never seen, Jamie. They are down to fourth in offensive efficiency in the NBA, which, I mean, is just crazy because they were so far ahead of everybody else. For them to even be fourth um, tells you a lot that we need to know is that this offense is clearly not right in – there's always been the well, not there hasn't been this in about a year or so, but there's always the does Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum fit on offense kind of thing. I don't like to keep going back to the same things, Jamie. Um, these two guys, man, they have the, it's, when it's when it's on and they know how to play together and they're sharing it. They're, it's good, but they go through these slumps together too. That's pretty eye opening, in my opinion. I'm not saying trade either one of them. They're both spectacular two way players. Um, you just, I think, wish that the fit was a little better. Yeah, it's, I mean, when when everything is going well, they, like I just said, they are the most dangerous team in the league offensively and defensively because Tatum and Brown, to me, are, if not one and two best two-way players in the league, they're up there. And for whatever reason, when they do struggle, it it seems to be, very noticeable and um i don't know that we're we're cooking up for a wild playoffs here and i can't i can't wait man 
Yeah, and not only are we cooking up for a final playoff game, we're cooking up for a crazy final end to the year. Um, a team that we've been mentioning a lot lately, and I think it's deservingly so here with just everything going on, are your Los Angeles Lakers. Just a tough week. AD misses a game. Um, kind of felt like it was like a rest night for him, but uh, they lose to the the Houston Rockets. And then obviously the other night without Kyrie and without Luka, uh, Maxi Kleba hits a game winner, Jamie. Um, obviously, you, the thing about these standings are that we're going to wake up next Friday and it's going to look completely different. They're so close. Two two game win streaks are changing everything right now. But the Lakers on the outside looking in, Jamie. Um, LeBron doesn't seem like he's going to be back anytime soon. Um, what do you? I, I don't even know how you ride this roller coaster. Because you just, it's so, it's literally, we go from thinking that they can make the finals to, ah, well, here we go again, just right back to the same old Lakers. Yeah, I don't understand how you sit AD after um, after the, I want to say, was, was it a four, five game win streak? Maybe mm-hmm. even three. Then you lose to the Knicks and then sit AD out. It's just, I don't understand why the dude needs rest. He's missed half the season already. Um, this is the time right now where you need your best players on the court and you need to be playing your best basketball right now. And it's literally a roller coaster between game to game. And I don't, I just don't understand how, how it just keeps happening over and I don't know how a team can look so good and then so bad losing to the Mavs without their two best players. Without another, I don't even know if another guy on the court besides Christian Woods averaging over ten points a game. It's just, it's an absolute shit show of a season. And I mean, I can't wait for the Lakers to just be done, so I don't have to keep worrying about their shit every week. Do they, um, looking into the off season, looking into next year, do they have one more? Like, I mean, we gotta think that. If LeBron and AD don't do it this year, do they have? Do they get one more chance together? And if they get one more chance together, do they have realistically one more championship run in them? That's the crazy part. Is I feel like the answer would still be yeah, because we've seen LeBron's play. AD is still AD, but I mean, street clothes got to be in the gym clothes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, at times he looks like the best player in the whole damn league, and then he's just another guy at other times. And I don't. I've never seen anything like it. There's no other player that I can remember watching in NBA history that looks like the best player in the world and then looks like not even a top 50 guy, and he's just going through the motions. I was listening to an older episode, and you were like referring to how Anthony Davis, at the beginning of the year, couldn't even catch a ball below his waist, dude, and I was dying. I was (laughs) laughing so hard. I remember that game. I remember that game. It was uh, the pick and rolls, like, Five straight pick and rolls. LeBron would give him a bounce pass and clock him in the kneecap. Like, what the hell are we doing here? The Lakers started like going five or something. Yeah. It was all, like they just never had a good shot. And that was the crazy thing about last week is last week we're like, oh shoot, like they're in the eight spot. Here come the like, Lakers. Now, yeah, like they're in the eight spot. Like now they're sitting, and now we're that right back on the outside looking in, and it's just terrible. The Houston Rockets were on an eight-game winning streak, and then they beat the Celtics and beat the Lakers. And I, I don't know, man. It's uh, 
the Lakers, it's the West. I mean, when we're talking about the play-in right now, you're looking at a Warriors, T-Wolves, Thunder, Jazz. Man, like, as fun as the Jazz story and the city, the Thunder stories have been, I would much rather see the Lakers and AD and maybe LeBron go on a run. Like, honestly, yep. the Lakers would bring the Nuggets or the Kings a series. It would probably be the Nuggets, but, like, the Lakers Nuggets first round matchup is just so much different to me than a Nuggets Jazz Nuggets Thunder series or even Nuggets Timberwolves. Yeah, because they match up well against against the Nuggets for sure. Um, with AD being able to guard Jokic, uh, it just creates um, creates a lot of a lot of good things for the Lakers. I think, in my opinion, but um, they got to get there and I mean, last week you asked me what the Lakers. Um, ceiling was <laughs> what their ceiling was and i said championship but i didn't realize that lebron is not even close to being ready to go and if he's not close and there's only 13 games left or 12 games left it doesn't change that much in um in two three weeks here so um if lebron's not completely healthy and or even 85 90 percent it's it's not gonna be good Oh man, I think thing is to me is I feel like LeBron has to come back though. Like I feel like LeBron has to rush this. Like you don't get too many more years of this, and he hasn't made the playoffs the last couple. So if he has a chance to do it this year, I think I don't know. And he he's been good about coming back from injury earlier than expected. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I just give me some goddamn consistency, man. Like if you're consistently the nine spot, that's fine. At least we know. We got to beat Utah or Oklahoma City and then beat the T Wolves. You know what I mean? This up and down yeah. bullshit, man. It's just like holy cow. From 13th to 8th to 11th to 12th, it's it is it's a roller coaster, man. Plain and simple. <laughs> it's not it's not one that I would love to be on. Although my Cavs aren't much better, they do the same shit. If the Cavs play a good team, they lose. If they play a bad team, they win. And that like. Oh, yeah, they, they set themselves up decently though, because they've been in that four or five spot all year, and it hasn't really. Yeah, no, that is that's true, and they're going to get a good series against the Knicks. The Knicks are playing well, obviously three straight. Both the Cavs and Knicks have won seven out of their last ten. Um, that's mm-hmm. going to be a really fun playoff series. Like that's that that's like the sure thing in the East that we know about. Yeah, and I'm here for it. That's uh, Knicks fans. You know how Knicks fans are. Um, <laughs> it's oh, going to be a wild that. series, man. I can't stand the Knicks, but that's a story for a different day. And it would be fun. Donovan Mitchell just gets to play his hometown. You know, he goes to the Cavs over the Knicks. He gets that first-round playoff series. Um, you know, his first playoff series in Cleveland. Cleveland's first playoff series in about four or five years. It's good. It's all good. It'll be fun. And, you know the nets the nets are the nets are up and down they they win two they lose two they win two they lose two so it'll be interesting to see where they end up um but let's get back to the western conference Jamie let's talk about another team that's on some up and downs and they're currently on and up which is uh wild to say from what we were saying last week the Memphis Grizzlies find themselves on the winning side of 8 out of their last 10 and all of a sudden Jamie only three and a half games back of the one seed First, we got to start with the obvious story going on in Memphis, Jamie. John Morant suspended eight games, checked into a rehab facility. I believe it was a rehab facility. Um, rehab facility, eight-game suspension. And the games that he stepped away and 
did whatever or step go into this facility, James. Uh, they're accounting towards his suspension. What are your thoughts? Eight game suspension, games already counting towards his suspension, and he went into a facility for, I believe they said like two weeks. Well, I'll just start by saying this: the Memphis Grizzlies played this about as perfectly as you can play this. I don't think even in their wildest dreams that if they just sat him out instead of waiting for the league to do something, that that would end up counting towards his suspension. It just, to me, I don't understand how he only gets eight games. To me, I don't understand how it's not eight from when the suspension is um, given out. But, I mean, hey, good for Memphis. They get they get their franchise player back sooner than they thought they would have. I, I think sooner than anybody thought they would have. Um, and yeah, we saw last year they played at stretches. They played phenomenal without Jaw, uh, without Jaw, and um, we're starting to see that again. Um, I mean, they're a good team when they when they're everything's going well. They're a really good team. Um, they're gritty. They're a really good defensive team, and Jaron Jackson takes a step each day. And I mean, Desmond Bain is um, a little inconsistent to me, but he's as as good as a number two can be at times. I just my issue. See, I think I think this is good for the Grizzlies for the rest of this year. I don't think this is good for the Grizzlies when we're talking about the, the next few years, though. My point being, I just don't think there's no accountability being taken. He went to a facility. It got reported two days um, before he got before he left, before the NBA announced their suspension, which they're allegedly saying he was there right after the Denver game. Not sure I'm buying that. Um, he came suspension for bringing a gun on a plane? Like, I know they're saying they can't. They don't. They're not finding. They they don't find that in their findings. Well, how the hell did a gun registered to John Morant get to the game? His boys drove. Like I, come on, man. I I. This is just wild to me. It makes absolutely no sense. There's no accountability. I think the NBA not doing anything in a position where they could really set um, a standard with John Morant in this incident. They really fumbled this to me, and I think that this is going to be another, not necessarily this, but there's going to be another immature issue that comes up with these guys in the next year or two. So I actually think this is a bad thing for them long term because there's just no accountability taken. And as good as it is for them to get it back now and they probably go on this run, uh, they've been pretty good without draw. They're starting to play really well. I think Jaron Jackson's been a lot better than people uh, you know, think. He only averages 17.5 points per game. Um, but we obviously know what those block totals are looking at with like three per game. So um, I don't know, Jamie, I'm concerned. I'm very concerned that this is going to backfire on the Memphis Grizzlies. I think it's good for today and it looks good, but I think at the end of the day, when we don't hold people accountable, these situations potentially keep arising. Yeah. Accountability um, is big and I don't, I don't necessarily know all um the facts but to me it doesn't matter if it was his gun if it was somebody else's gun if it was registered to joe blow or registered to john morant the dude went on live in a strip club and was holding a gun like to me How stupid you have to be man right that's what i'm saying like eight games and it's not even eight games really like yeah if you think about it through you know the official saying eight games whatever 
the dude is going to end up missing what three games that he potentially could could play in. I don't know if that makes sense. Like he's really not missing eight games because <laughs> he stepped away. Just, he stepped right. away. He wasn't yeah. suspended. He was stepped away. That's and what I'm saying. The Grizzlies because but, I don't I know. Like, I feel like these guys get paid if they step away, unless it's like some serious stuff. But usually, you don't want to upset your star. So I feel like you pay them. I saw uh, I saw a tweet I think this morning, and it was um, Jaw can potentially lose like $39 million total just from that incident. So he may be still getting paid by the team, but um, a lot of his sponsors um, are walking out the door or pushing him out the door, I should say. I think Mike alluded to it before too. Going from Kyrie to John Morant is a tough look on Nike. <laughs> tough look on Nike. Yeah, they'll be fine though. Yeah, no, small. I mean, Nike. They don't, I mean, if yeah, you think about it, look up. at the – Look at the Kobe situation um, with the alleged um, charges that he faced. Uh, Nike left, uh, basically booted him out the door, and then five, ten years later, he was back on Nike. So I think, I think it'll be okay. These players, these, yeah, no, these players know how to uh, fix their brand. Um, well, these agents, I should say, do. Um, they're very good at that stuff. With all this going on, Jamie. Let's talk about the Memphis on the basketball court. Eight and two of their last ten, five out of their last six without Jaw. Um, I know we're saying that Jaw is just going to come back in and be just fine. Um, and obviously they're better with Jaw, but they they <laughs> excuse me, they have a proven track record here of the last two years of winning without Jaw. Jamie, can this team put all this noise to the side and actually make this finals run that I thought they could earlier in the year? Man, I don't know. The West, the thing with the West is, is just to me, it's, there's a lot less um, really good teams in the West. So, I mean, at this time, it's not like Denver's um, been playing out of this world either. And the team that is actually playing the best right now is the Kings. And I don't think anybody's really worried about the Kings Um, as much as respect, as much respect as we give the Kings. Deep down, I don't think they're going to be able to make it um, out of the West at all. And right now, I mean, if you're looking, if you're looking around, whether Jaws there or not, Memphis is going to be a tough out every single night, and they're not scared of anybody. As everything that has happened with Memphis, um, the whole year really being in the spotlight, um, talking too much, blah blah blah, this and that, Dylan Brooks, they're still sitting tied for a second in the West. So. I think they're legitimate, legitimate um, Western Conference Finals team right now. Yeah, I mean it's tar- it's tough to argue. They, I don't know, I don't know what to say about Memphis. It can be, like I said, it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. What it comes down to is them deciding if they're going to grow up or not. Are they going to move past this and? you know, change their lives off the court in order for them to not have these distractions. Is Dylan Brooks going to shut the hell up? And, uh, you know, there is, you can be a shit talker. Like you can be that kind of player and be successful. There's, I have no qualms with that. Um, but at the, at the levels that they're speaking dynasty, when they haven't been to the conference finals, like, come on, let's, I, I love, I love it. But we start with one. We don't start with three. 
Dynasties are in threes. Yeah, it it seems like they're just trying to speak something into existence, um, which, whatever, good on you, but it's just there. You get laughed at because you haven't even made the finals yet, and you're talking about a dynasty. You at least have to get to the finals. That is a uh, that is a fact. I mean, this year the West the West is so confusing right now. I I, I every day I look at the standings, Jamie. I don't even know. I, literally, it could end up in so many different ways, and I really wouldn't be all that surprised. Um, so, yeah. depending on what matchup they pull here, I mean, sitting at the three spot today, they're looking at Dallas. That's a pretty good matchup for them, in my opinion. Jaron Jackson would give uh, Dallas's bigs all the business. <laughs> all the business. But with that being said, Jamie, let's roll into the uh, Warriors. Um, crazy story coming from... Uh, out of Golden State, but they have lost three in a row, find themselves back in the play in Jamie. Steph Curry had a 50-point game this week against the Clippers, I believe, but they lost. Um, Andrew Wiggins is expected not to be back uh, with the team this year. Uh, For personal matters, there's a lot of rumors going around. Jamie, don't want to speculate, but what's going out there is pretty set stuff. Uh, Yep. But the Warriors... Uh, what the hell? Like, what? As confusing as the Lakers have been, the Lakers or the Warriors might even be more confusing because we're trying to figure out if they're this NBA championship team, but they're seven and twenty-nine on the road, so we don't believe it. But now, um, their best defender, I would say. I mean, I know how good Draymond is defensively, but I think their best wing defender is Andrew Wiggins, and if he's not coming back, Jamie, is this team? Is that it? Is that is that is that where we pull the plug on them? No Wiggins, no chance. <laughs> I mean, after after Wiggins pretty much being one of the most important guys on that team last year, um, being an all-star, playing the best best year of his career by far, um, I want to say without Wiggins, they're done for just because something has to make sense with this road record. And I hate to put it on Andrew Wiggins, but um, it's the only <laughs> logical thing I can put in my brain of why they're so god-awful on the road. And Wiggins is one of those guys that does everything for the team. He can score. He can lock up your best perimeter defender. Uh, He rebounds. It's a huge, huge, huge loss for Golden State. And, um, yeah, I don't want to speculate on what's actually going on with Wiggins. I just hope everything works out for him because he's a hell of a basketball player. Very interesting career in the NBA as well. was considered a bust by at least some, maybe most, um, early in his career, got paid a lot of money because, hey, there's still this wing defender that we see in Andrew Wiggins. It's just about getting out of him. He gets traded with a first-round pick. He got traded with a first-round pick for D'Angelo Russell. That's where we thought of Andrew Wiggins. Um, to see him have this kind of turn in his career, where he, last year in the finals, I mean, he was uh, – he was as big as big of a part of it as Steph was in some ways because he was yep. guarding Jason Tatum every night and he was able to carry his load on offense even with guarding Jason Tatum and I think that takes so much more energy than people uh, give him credit for. So what he's really turned himself into took a pay cut this off season to stay in Golden State. Um, but Jamie, if Golden State doesn't make the playoffs this year, we have to sit down and t- 
look at all this money that they're spending on a team that doesn't even make the playoffs. I mean, even if they make the playoffs and they lose in the first round, um, Mr. Myers is going to be looking at that luxury tax bill and be like, we spent all this money for what now? Because mm -hmm. Wiggins is paid. Draymond's paid. Clay's paid. Steph's paid. Poole's paid. Um, that's why they had to get rid of Wiseman because Wiseman was going to be up. Uh, Jamie, if they don't somehow make the playoffs or if they lose in the first round as like an eight seed, is this like the end of a dynasty? Someone has to go. I, uh, like, I, I don't want yeah, to think it's Clay or Draymond, but uh, to me, all signs point to Dray um, and Clay. Honestly, um, I know what this team has built in the last um, ten plus years, and but this is a business um, when it's all said and done, and I think it's just time. Uh, to let Clay and Dre seek seek something else because I mean it's just not working at this point. They're they're too old, they're too beaten and battered. Um Steph had one of his best careers or one one of his best years of his career this year and they're still not gonna play make the playoffs. Yeah, he's been hurt here and there, but they just don't have the team the full team around the uh the Warriors anymore to sustain uh injuries to Steph and injuries to Wiggins, let's say, you know. They um they're paying all these guys top top dollars and they don't have the fully assembled roster that they're accustomed to having. And it's showing. Yeah, they just defensively are so dang bad, man. They can't they <laughs> Sometimes they just can't stop anyone. And I mean, when I mean anyone, I mean, I'm talking Houston Rockets, Orlando Magic. Shout out to the Orlando Magic hitting their over last night. We appreciate you guys for that. Um, but this, the Warriors, man, I, I, they want to keep Clay, and I understand that. I just don't see, then Jordan Poole's got to go, or Wiggins has to go. They can't trade Wiggins. Like, Wiggins is the guy that I'm probably betting on the most out of anything they have for the next five years. That includes Steph, right? Because Steph, I mean, probably has two, you know, two, three elite years, and he's still going to be good. But he, we obviously know about the injuries that have that have, you know, accumulated over the years. So I just think Wiggins, being the guy he is, they're kind of looking at him to become the face. But um, I don't. I mean, Draymond and Clay just kind of don't really make enough sense for them anymore. I mean, I think Clay does, and maybe they can figure that out financially. Maybe they have to trade Jordan Poole, which I'd probably be okay with because I think uh, teams might be a little higher on Jordan Poole than myself. Um, I think he's a fine player. I just defensively, there's too many liabilities. Um, he's so bad Erratic. defensively, it makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah it's just it's up and it's down, and it's the Jordan. It, it's a pool party to it's a you know to it's a drought. Like it's just. You don't know what you're getting from him, man. Like, I I, I don't want to put that on him, but um, I don't know what I'm getting from him enough consistently. And I think that's another huge part of the Golden State Warriors roller coaster ride as well. Yeah, and you can you can see it throughout the whole um, – all of his teammates at times. There's certain plays throughout the game where he'll make a turnover, take a bad shot, and you see a couple guys fling up their hands like, what the hell are we doing here? It's almost like he's trying to, like – uh, trying to be like Steph 
and he doesn't have the credentials to be like Steph yet, so he can't be taking all these damn, <laughs> damn shots like he is. But, I mean, yeah, I'm with you on that. Wiggins is, um, well, besides this year, he's been he's been healthy. He's been their, um, their brightest spot, really, um, at times. So I don't know what, what's going to happen in Golden State, but is, there's definitely going to be some moves in this offseason. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, but in the, the other side of the story is that they can go on a run and make a run. And then, you know, they have no issue paying this tax. But I just think at the end of the day, if the Golden State Warriors aren't down the stretch here, making a legitimate run to win the NBA championship, something's going to have to get changed. Um, I don't know what that is, but something has to get changed. The uh, the next team I want to talk about, Jamie, I forgot to put them on the script, but I do want to talk about the Nuggets a little bit. It's not been good for the Denver Nuggets in the past couple weeks. I believe last week when we were on here, we were talking about them having like a six and a half game lead. I was sitting here saying, uh, no one's going to be able to catch them. All of a sudden, the lead's two and a half, Jamie. They've lost five out of their lost, five out of their last six. Are we starting to get a little concerned about the Nuggets yet? I mean, I'm not like that concerned. This is kind of like on par with what I expect them, but I know I'm in the very small minority of that group thinking they're not a real playoff team. I mean, bottom line, 30 and six at home, 17 and 18 on the road. And as good as their record um, says they are being at the top, um, although dwindling, they're seven, they're not even 500 away. And I don't know if the number one seed has ever been that bad away, because they're not even five hundred. That to me, that that is alarming, um, very much so alarming. And they're like you said, five and five in their last ten. I think they're going to be okay just because of how, you know, frankly, how just this West plays out. Um, they. At the moment, they won't have to meet Memphis, Phoenix. Uh, they might meet meet Phoenix um, in the uh, third round. But I mean, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit worried um, about the Nuggets, but at the same time, I I don't think they'll have a problem winning their first couple series. Yeah, that's interesting. I I'm very interested to see like you know the Memphis the Memphis. Denver parallels to me in some senses are just so intriguing. Like I think Memphis has the goods, but they're highly uh, immature and they don't have good leadership to where I think, I don't think uh, Denver has the goods. Like their second best player is still Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, maybe. I mean, we're still trying to get him back. Like he's been good, but he, he hasn't been Jamal Murray that we know. Michael Porter Jr., like, is he going to play? Is he going to play good? Like, we don't know what he's going to do. That's the only thing is to where, like, I, I think they got the culture, but they don't got the goods. And I think the um, Grizzlies have the uh, – they have the goods, but they don't have the culture. And those two teams are just so interesting to me because for some reason, um, I just have this belief in Memphis over this team – and, you know, I think what Denver does is just so unique. And when we're talking about the home record, Jamie, they play in Denver. They say it is the hardest place to play with just like the elevation, not being used to it. So that's fair. 
that that's just like another thing that like when we're playing like and to be fair like if they have the best record in the nba which they're second right now then everyone has to play a series in denver for as long as they go anyway so they'll have home court and you know but i just don't think winning every home game in a series is just realistic yeah now that now that i'm looking at it um the west there's only one team in the whole entire west that's above 500 on the road and that's sacramento so i mean back to the earlier we in the season we brought up the east being the um the powerhouse now conference we did i mean if if none of these teams can even go 500 on the year away then how do they expect to go on the road in a hostile environment against a milwaukee or a boston or even a philly a cleveland and come out on top it's just a lot of teams think they can just turn it on and off but a lot of teams actually can't and i'm worried about denver thinking that you know everything's going well for them uh, and then they get on the road and lose two straight it's 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 very intriguing with these road road um, records this year in the east yeah i think it's just a or the west the west i should say sorry yeah i think no you're good i think it's just a compliment to how good these teams are in the nba um anytime you have to go on the road it's just tough just tough the nba is loaded with a lot of deep teams these play-in races are just absolutely insane they're so close um shout out to the bulls mike shout out to the bulls they're they're back into the things too back into that 10th spot but yeah they're playing well um, man the Rosen 49 last night in double OT, I believe. Maybe Friday yeah, Pat, it was one of those nights. Pat Bev with 14 straight last night. I Drew saw something. I think the Bulls. I think the Bulls are seven and four since acquiring Pat, Patrick Beverly. Culture guy. <laughs> yeah, all about the culture. Culture guy. He's a uh, Patrick Beverly man. Shout out. He, he's a fan favorite of the show. We talk about him. he he finds his way on every damn episode. It's so it's so funny. Um, back to the Nuggets. So yeah, I don't know. And just want to talk real quick about the, the T-Wolves. Jamie, uh, appeared to have a pretty serious injury, some sort of injury to Anthony Edwards. I haven't really heard too much about it. Um, so hopefully it's not that serious, but obviously the pain he was in, it seemed like it was pretty serious. Um, Anthony Edwards is going down. T-Wolves lost the last three, Jamie. Are the T-Wolves, are, are they dead now? This is it. This is over. We're done. We don't have to talk about these guys no more. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we shit on the table so much, but well, I mean, that's deserving. Listening, listening. I know you sent me the the video of uh, Ant rolling his ankle. That looked sounds. I should say mm. sounded awful. And um, you know, he's the one bright spot that I enjoy watching on the T Wolves. He's Dr. what. Jay. Um, he's what the what they thought Andrew Wiggins was going to be, and. But more. I mean, this guy's going to be a certified uh, superstar. But, yeah, I think they're done now. Whether he misses even two weeks. I mean, two weeks in the in the bottom of the West is uh, like a death sentence. Yeah, I mean, because the play into the 
13 spot. I mean, look at these teams, four and six, four and six, Oklahoma City, six and four, five and five, five and five, three and seven, two and eight. Like the, all these teams are playing bad as it is. So you mm-hmm. lose a couple more of these games and you're really, I mean, we're talking one, we're talking half a game from being in the play and not even the play in no more. Uh, just the position that they have put themselves in. And now Cat, I would assume he's not returning this year. We haven't heard anything about him. Um, Anthony Edwards uh, would assume, shouldn't assume, but I mean, from what it sounded like as a basketball player, it's uh, would probably think he might be done for the year. And then that's just it. That's it. It's over. They're done. They're not going to, I would take Oklahoma city over that Minnesota team to get it confidently too. Actually, yeah, I, I would, I would take Oklahoma city in, over anybody in the playing right now. I might, maybe I think, not the Warriors, but I, Dude, I don't know, man. I think, Jamie, I think right now, if the Thunder and the Kings met in the first round, I'd be tempted to do some things. That's what I would say. Yeah, SGA, we haven't really talked about him in a while. um, And (laughs) frankly, no one has, but... MVP candidate. Take a look at this dude's numbers. Yeah. Yeah. He is not only, I think he leads the league in like loose balls too, like gathering of loose balls and like just little shit that just a winning player does. And he continues to just lead this team in every way possible. Love me some SGA. Yeah. Jalen Williams for them too. They're, they're playing some serious basketball down there in Oklahoma city. And, you know, we don't really talk about them enough, but right now they definitely deserve it. I think they're a play in team. I think they're going to get in over Utah. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, Minnesota, if Anthony Edwards is out, probably is the only one that falls out and you really got to like the Lakers chances. I think the Pelicans are just toast. I don't know. I, it, they're, they're really bad. Another team, 11 and 24 on the road. Like that just ain't going to cut it. Yeah, and they as soon as they won a couple in a row, they're now three and seven in their last ten. So it's, um, I think, out of, I mean, if we're just looking at the West as a whole, um, I think the Lakers will probably end up in that play-in over Minnesota uh, or even Utah. But it's just you know, a team like the Pelicans that had everything going right for them, and it just takes you know one injury for your over and over again. I mean, something's got to change in New Orleans and I'm anxious to see what that is in this off season. I, yeah. And the car, the crazy thing is, it's like, what piece do you change it when it's all together and everything's running when the car is running brand new, it's just fine. But when the engine blows, <laughs> the engine blows quite literally, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they they should. We got a little cowherd cowherd action today from you. I like it. <laughs> when it blows, it blows, and she blew. Um, all right, Jamie. Pause. Let's roll into yeah, big pause. Let's roll into our last team here. Uh, this one I'm excited to talk about. I, the Portland Trailblazers, Jamie, five game losing streak. Uh, been the coldest team in the NBA. Um, we got to start with where it is. Is this the last part of the regular season we'll ever see Damian Lillard wearing a Portland Trailblazer uniform? I just don't think he. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. I think he's just fine with 
trying to keep build building this thing in Portland for maybe even one one season whenever that may happen um I don't think I just don't think he cares that much about um winning anywhere else but in Portland even if it's not happening I hope you're wrong Jamie, because he just deserves Me too. so much more yep and his loyalty, I mean, it's a good and starting to kind of be a bad thing in some sense of the terminology and some sort of opinion. Um, just because, man, like this guy should be playing for titles. This is a guy that I want to see having a shot to hit game winners in the playoffs. That so we're so accustomed to seeing. Um, I understand the loyalty. I understand going through the process. But looking at this roster right now, um, they better hope Shaden Sharp turns into this guy that they they I, I he's going to be good. I have no issue thinking that, but it needs to happen at 20 years old, opposed to 22 or 23 years old. Like that's just not normal development for a lot of guys in the NBA. Jeremy Grant's a free agent this year. What are you going to do with him? Matisse Thybul cut, isn't cutting it on the wing, and Faree Simons. We saw the story with him is like CJ. It's kind of similar, like. Amphrey Simons, nice young player, can do some nice things offensively. Can't do a damn thing defensively, and that's part of the issue. And if they, if he's winning in Portland, just is like we're at the point, we're at the line where like it's not realistic for them with Damian Lillard. I would hope, and I would not expect Damian to ask for a trade, but I would hope that there's just like a common sense agreement here that the best thing to do for the franchise and for Damian Lillard would be to trade Damian Lillard. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's it's tough. We get on, um, we get on KD. We get on LeBron in the past. James Harden, Kyrie, about maybe not being as loyal as they can be. Um, sure. But then there's, <laughs> then there's Dame, where it's like, dude, I understand the loyalty, but at some point, um, I mean, they're not a contender year after year after year, and he can't he can't expect Portland to be able to bring in one of these high profile free agents, and that's just that's just what it is. Like, I would love to see OG and Anobi on that team um, with like a like even like a, a Draymond maybe, but that's just inevitable it's not inevitable the opposite it's just not going to happen because we've seen it over and over again in small market teams like that they just don't bring in these um high profile free agents so is he too loyal um i don't know <laughs> i'm not the one to try to speculate on that too much um but i just love i love watching the dude play and i want to see him um compete for a championship one of these years I believe it was in like 2018, Devin Booker uh, alluded to wanting to play on a super team, but wanted it to happen in Phoenix. That shit just doesn't happen that often to where like, oh, we got DeAndre Ayton in the draft, number one overall pick. Oh, Chris Paul, like we got this 36-year-old Chris Paul. And then, oh, all of a sudden, Kevin Durant decides, I want to go play for like, that stuff just doesn't always happen. So the story with that happening for Devin Booker, like, you know, like good for Devin Booker. Like it makes sense why Devin Booker would be there for the rest of his career. I just want Dame to get some legitimate, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I just want Dame to get some legitimate help um, 
for him to have a shot. But I mean, I just when we're looking at this team top to bottom moving forward, Jamie, um, I don't need like they owe a pick to the Bulls in the Lowry Markinen trade, I believe. Like, there's just a lot of weird stuff going on, and I, I don't, I don't feel good. I don't feel good for the Portland Trailblazers. And you know, as as big of a fan as I am with Damian Lillard, I would just like to see him uh, have an opportunity. But it's like you said, like we, I mean, if he was, if I was a Portland Trailblazers fan, I obviously wouldn't want to trade him. Just being able to have a guy that says I want to be in Portland the rest of my career you know, that means a lot. And like, I don't want him to like dip on Portland, but I, at this point, I don't really think he's just dipping on Portland. Like those guys all left early in their career. I mean, we're talking about him being on like his fourth contract there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Jamie, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say they definitely need to make some sort of move um, because I mean, with enter- every interview I see from Dame, he has no problem. Um, Staying in he's Portland, he's trying, man. Uh, but, <laughs> he had seventy-one uh, points in a game. Yeah, tried. yeah. fifty That's my dude, the man. other That's night. My dude. Like, don't stop. Yeah. And they still can't win. It's just, it's you know, disappointing. All right, Jamie, let's go into some power rankings. But we, I, this week, we're gonna do a power rankings of where you want to see Damian Lillard next year if he was traded. You want to start number three? Uh, yeah, I'll start. Um, I mean, the obvious for me, I'd like to see that boy in LA uh, playing for the Lakers. Um, even if it's getting rid of AD, in my opinion. I'll take. Yeah, three, three Lakers. That's me too. I I have them at three as well. That's funny. Yep. Um, but yeah, for the obvious reasons, like I just him and LeBron are my two favorite players. Like I think, I think in some aspects, um, Damian Lillard might be a little more um explosive than Kyrie was, but kind of a similar player. Um, obviously, I don't think Dame has the finesse, but he obviously has more explosion. And I think the, you know, being Much able to shoot from, right. Yeah. yeah. Being able to shoot from anywhere on the floor is just that, that duo would be, that'd be fun if LeBron had one more elite year in him. Who do you have at 2J? I have the Brooklyn Nets at two. Um, I don't Ooh, think... I Brooklyn even I mean I can't say they don't have the they have the pieces in order to make the trade I think I just don't think that uh that that is um very likely to happen but man would I love to see him in Brooklyn Yeah at number 2 I have the Knicks um I know they have Jalen mm. Brunson and I know that there might be a little concern with those two being able to play together but their offense would be extremely elite um you know, what would it take to get them? I'm not really sure in that aspect. I know the Knicks have a bunch of extra picks that, that would probably be huge. They probably have to move off of maybe an RJ, but Damian Lillard in Brooklyn or in uh, the, the big apple, the New York Knicks, it just, it would be different for Dame. Cause I don't know that he's like those. I mean, I think he loves the shining lights, but like the bright lights, the New York media every day, you know, but I think he would be a really good superstar for the Knicks. And uh, I hope it doesn't happen. Cause I'm not crazy about the Knicks, but I think he would be a good fit. And I think, I think they'd be really good. Jamie, who do you have at one? At one, uh, I have the new Orleans Pelicans. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. I think, you know, it gives, it gives them a little bit of leeway with Zion hoping that he doesn't miss half the year every single time. But 
if he needs to take some rest nights, um, you can put Damon there to carry your team for um, maybe a week or two at a time. And I mean, they would be absolutely loaded. They already have a loaded team when everybody's healthy. Um, I think they're missing that point guard that can um, score 30 on every night. Um, Jose Alvarado's fun. He's a, a gritty uh, energizer bunny. But um, when you get to the playoffs and you get to the um, – when you really get down to it, you need a point guard in this league or just a guard period that can give you 40. And he Without is that a, man. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, mine's going to be a little surprising here because it's not it's not the big market. Um, uh, Brooklyn, I, I, Brooklyn was one of my favorites. You took them. I didn't want to just copy you. I am a huge proponent of him going to Brooklyn just because you know I think Brooklyn needs stability in their stars with everything they just went through with Kevin Durant and Kyrie, and I think he'd be really good for them. Him. Mikel Bridges, Nick Claxton. I think Bridges and Claxton were like fringe all-stars in some sense. Like if if Bridges keeps doing what he's doing, uh, Claxton was kind of a fringe all-star this year. Um, if we put in Damian Lillard there, we have Cam Thomas, and we have all these other pieces that Brooklyn still has, Cam Thomas, and all these little things just laying around. I think they could put together something really nice with it. My number one team, though, Jamie, that I really like, what about the Oklahoma City Thunder, putting him next to Shea? They have Josh Giddy. Uh, those three, I think, could be extremely electric together. They they played that three point guard system with Shy or not Shy. Yeah, it was Shy. Chris Paul, Shy, and Dennis Schroeder the year of the bubble, and that was the year they somehow ended up being a four seed after losing Russ and Paul George. I think people forget about that. Um, but I think him in Oklahoma City would be extremely interesting with those young guys, and I think they would be extremely competitive. Yeah, and you got Chet that hasn't even stepped on the floor yet. Um, yeah, yeah. Their lineup would would be those three: Chet and uh, Jalen Williams, which would be I, I would take my chances. Yeah, I thought about I thought about OKC for sure. Um, I just ended up going with um, LA instead. That All would right, be Jamie, fun. You have anything? Oh yeah, I I I would love that. Uh, do you have anything else here? Uh, do we want to roll into what we're watching for next week as we get up on out of here? Uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. All right, my guy, what are you watching for next week? Um, well, I hate to do it again and again and again, but it's just where Let's I am. Go. <laughs> Gotta. I can't, I can't. I'm watching my Lakers, man. They, uh, they have two games coming up against Chicago, who's playing really good basketball right now uh, in a back-to-back. And oh, revenge games for Mr. Beverly, too. And, yeah, and, you know, they have to at least, to end this season, they're going to have to win at least eight, seven or eight games out of their next um, 13. So I'm just hoping hoping they can put something together so they can at least get a play-in game and see if LeBron can come back early and do LeBron-type shit. Yeah, which, I mean, they'll probably be able to. It's just, I don't... Late next week, hopefully, hopefully at best, which, I mean, I still think that's extremely far-fetched. Team I'm going to watch for, Jamie, Oklahoma City Thunder. Clippers, they're close to the Clippers in the standings. They're close to the, well, they play them twice. They're close to the Lakers. They play a a deflated Portland team. But Oklahoma City, um, I have my eye on them because I really think if they're somehow, I don't think it's necessarily possible. Somehow, if this is a seven seed, 
Um, I, I have, I'm, I'm concerned for the Kings. I, I don't know why it is with Oklahoma City. Shy Darren Fox would be an extremely fun seven game series, but I would, I would have some thoughts with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm gonna watch them this week, and uh, I'll let you know how I feel about them next week. They'll probably lose every game this week now, but you know. <laughs> I mean, they got that curse on them now. Yeah, you, well, yeah, we are good at curses around here, huh? Jamie, uh, final things as we get off. Yeah, thank you guys for the listens. Um, it's March, baby. I uh, hope everybody's tuning into the uh, the madness of what March brings as far as college goes. But don't forget about the NBA because little time left. A um, lot of room for um, a lot of teams um, to get that playing spot and to see um, how this East shakes up at the top. Jamie, if I would have told you that we only have one, two, three episodes released before, or yeah, no, we have this episode, we have next week's episode, two weeks after that. After that, we're talking playoffs, Jamie. It's that close. And when we're talking about these standings, how close they are, um, you got to keep your eye on it because it, it changes so much every day. And that's why the NBA has been so good to, so good this year. The parity in the NBA is at an all-time high. Jamie, who was your finals pit? Who was your championship on your bracket? Your national title? Um, I have UCLA. Um, and oh. I don't want to get into the last episode <laughs> where I meant to say UCLA instead of Marquette, but hey, they're both still alive, so we're here. Absolutely. I actually have Marquette in my final four, so I was with the Marquette pick too, but you, you switched up on me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, guys. Uh, we appreciate everything for you guys listening to. Oh, I, wait. Have, I have Alabama. Hold on. Huh? Just got an update we'll with Anthony to. Edwards. Oh, no. Good news. That's a good thing. Uh, I don't know where it went, but it just looked like he was in a walking boot. So He's... He has he's out of his walking boot now and is moving around more swelling uh moving around more as swelling decreases in the sprained ankle. Oh, uh, okay, expected then. to be day to day, so he might even be back this week. That's good. Because <laughs> the Thunder Dr. were Jamie dead. Had it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dr. J with the diagnosis. You all heard it here first. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh the NBA is getting crazy, but we can't wait to see how it finishes. We'll be with you guys next week. Peace out. listening to the Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Nothing But Net.